Hi, this is Chad. I'm so glad to be part of your journey towards product mastery so we can create products our customers love. Today, we're talking about using the open source innovation system that was created at Adobe called Kickbox. This is a simple and effective tool for increasing innovation by orders of magnitude in an organization. And it is one that I have been wanting to discuss for a very long time and I'm glad we're doing it today. Our guest is Ralph Hartmeyer. He's the co-founder and chief commercial officer of Rady. That's spelled R. E-A-D-Y, R-Rady, but pronounced Rady. It's an organization that started from personal experience applying Kickbox, who now helps other organizations unleash innovation. Ralph was introduced to Kickbox while he was head of growth for Syscom. We'll hear more about that as well. He is also a founding member of the nonprofit Kickbox.org that promotes the use of Kickbox, which has been open source for all of us to use. Also, if you want a detailed written summary of everything we discuss, this is a great way to share the discussion with your colleagues. You'll find that along with a one-page action guide to help you put into effect the key takeaways that we'll be talking about. Those resources are available for you at productmasterynow.com slash 457. This episode is sponsored by the Rapid Product Mastery Experience, the RPM Experience. This helps product VPs and leaders get their product managers and everyone else contributing to product to increase performance, working in alignment to reach your North Star objectives. It works for any team, but really is focused on new teams or established teams that are facing a big challenge. Teams learn the seven essential product knowledge areas and build trust and collaboration in the process. It's unlike any other training. To see how it's unique, go to productmasterynow.com RPM and see if it can help you. Ralph, I am almost giddy with excitement because this is a tool I want to, have wanted to talk about a long time. I'm very glad you're here. Thank you for the invite. I'm excited to be sharing more information about Kickbox. And your origins are Germany, and I, I'm sure I did not do justice to your name. My wife is half German, and I, I still, she laughs at me when I try to do things. Would you care to pronounce your name for us? Yeah, it's Ralf Hartmeier. Hart, I, yeah, Hart, Hartmeier. Hartmeier. It's very yeah, German-speaking. That, That's great. Okay. Kickbox comes up in my work quite a bit as I'm teaching graduate courses on innovation and working with product managers. It's a tool that I will bring into the conversation because it's so good at helping organizations do a bottom-up perspective on innovation, right? And not just a top-down. We have an innovation group that is responsible for innovation, and there's bureaucracies that get in place because of that because it's hard to get projects approved and funded and all that. And this really democratizes innovation in organizations. But let's get into the details of how this came about. What was the need going on at Adobe? And kind of give us the background there. Yeah, for that, we actually need to go back quite a bit in time. uh, Because when Adobe the first time started experimenting with Kickbox, that must have been around 2013. And the story goes actually that there was a serial entrepreneur called Mark Randall. If you have a minute or two spare time, make sure to type his name into Google uh, because you will find a lot of interesting videos and documentation about himself and about the startups he actually built. So he built three startups, won two Emmy prizes. So a classical successful entrepreneur from the Silicon Valley and his last startup he actually sold to Adobe. And so that meant that he also obviously went to Adobe. And during his lockup period, he realized that innovation in a big corporate such as Adobe works very differently in comparison to innovation in a scale-up or a startup. So he went and wanted actually to quit, but he was not given the chance to quit, but he was given the title VP of Creativity. And he was given as much budget as he needed in order to change these cumbersome processes of innovation, which Adobe back then had for employees. 
of course they had R&D, of course they had product innovation, but like a democratized approach, as you just mentioned in the chat, is, wasn't really there. And he realized while talking to a lot of people, the approach needs to be fun, needs to be gamified. And that was the first time when he started realizing, I need to make it much more approachable, easy to understand. And he put basically a little guide uh, into a physical box, how to come from a raw idea to a validated idea. Because what he realized is that coming up with ideas is for certain people and employees rather easy, but submitting an ideas into idea management system and validating an idea, start executing an, I an idea are really two different pairs of shoes. So what he basically helped these innovators with is that he created a very gamified, fun to work through approach to come from a raw idea to an idea. And that was basically the start of Kickbox. He put it into a red box, called it Kickbox, and started distributing it to people within Adobe with ideas. Okay. So the program is called Kickbox, and he created a physical little red box with instructions on how to innovate, as you said, gamifying this a bit. The contents of the box are interesting. Do, do you want to share what else he put in there? Sure. So the most important part still today, actually, and uh, we are now talking seven iterations later, but the core of it is the process, because what we are realizing now, we work now with over 40 companies, and what we, what we realize is not one single company has a lack of ideas. There are ideas. It's just a matter of how can we capture them and how can we let people do the first validation themselves so that our cost structure is not exploding and that we can decentralize validate those ideas. So the core is still this process, which is rather easy to understand. So there's nothing in there about iteration, pivot, lean startup, human centered designs so on all this complicated wording, we took basically away so that it is really applied because also that is a bit of a corporate illnesses, right? We are great at creating slides, but we are not so great at leaving the desktop and go out there and talk to people. And that's basically this guide, which started off with what Mark did back at Adobe. But besides this guide, there's much more in there. For example, there's a credit card in there with thousand US dollars on it. Why? Because the mindset behind is that you, dear employee, you become the CEO of your idea. That means you get a budget, 1,000 USD, which you can spend on whatever you think is necessary to bring this idea forward. But with the with that, also responsibility and accountability comes. So uh, you also need to prove what you have done or why you progressed with the or in which way you progress with this idea. So this credit card was an integral part of, of Adobe Kickbox. That changed now a little bit to, to what we are doing nowadays. Furthermore, there was, for example, also a little notebook in there with labeled bad ideas. So why? Also because if you're talking entrepreneurship, if you're talking employee-driven innovation, it's not only about the ideas which are the outcome, but it's also about creating this culture of innovation. And it's a really important message to spread within a corporate that not every idea is good and not every idea needs to be good. You need a, quite a few bad ideas in order to hit a good one. Very good. And my understanding is there was also a chocolate bar because we, we need uh, sustenance uh, as we're innovating um, and a Starbucks card because we need caffeine. Exactly. That true? That's true. Yeah. So basically the whole box was a storyline as well. So Mark back then, he basically gathered uh, a couple 30 employees at once and handed out these boxes and did his storyline, which was obviously highly inspirational if you see Mark once on stage. And then the people went off and started validating their ideas. 
And that's a contrast to what we are doing right now, because in Adobe's world, Mark didn't really care too much if people are coming back because he said, look, a real innovator is coming back. And that we needed to orchestrate a little bit more because it's not only about the ideas, it's also about the learning. So we needed to make sure that we also capture the learnings that people are being held accountable in order to bring that into corporates because most corporate wants to have this kind of control still, even though it's a bottom-up movement. Yeah, the process has evolved, certainly, as companies have used it. At this point, over a thousand companies have adopted this. At least that's from what I've read. I've read a lot about what Mark has written and what's been written about him and listened to his podcast about this because I think it's such a good system. Initially, this, as you said, was a kind of a small group. He did a training, a, a workshop, a camp for how do you apply the red box, right? Ran it out to more country, more employees in the company. There was one quote from him that I really think put this idea of democratizing innovation into perspective. And again, tell me if this is, is the right philosophy here or not. It would be characteristic of Adobe, a, a reasonable large organization, to say for something to become an innovation project, we need to have a reasonable business case for that. And we're going to put a, a million dollar budget right on, a, on average behind that to really see it go through our pipeline. And maybe we can do 10 of those a year. And Mark said, instead of a million-dollar project, what if we create a thousand, thousand-dollar projects? And we only need one of those to win and become a growth engine for that whole program to pay for itself, right? We spent the same amount of money, and we've helped so many people, without, at that point, a thousand employees, to learn how to innovate. Is that the general philosophy here? That's exactly the philosophy. I think we're still a lot of corporates. They are under the impression that they can do a shout-out to their employees gather 100 ideas and then the first thing they do is they gather a management board of obviously bright people but they look at these raw ideas which were submitted and they choose based on past experience based on gut feeling which 10 ideas will be funded with half a million and that's eventually just a game of luck because in very early stage innovation and that's exactly the philosophy you're talking about the idea is almost less important than the person driving the idea because the idea can iterate. So we need to find, and I say it's always, it's a talent scouting, basically kickbox, because you will find the people who want to go the extra mile. You find the people who are working hard and being patient for results uh, and able to iterate their ideas. That's why you should actually be open, test a lot of ideas with little money, let the people learn what it takes to validate the idea. And with that, you will be quite sure that you will be able to implement one or the other idea and scale it and turn it into a growth machine. And with time, you even know the conversion rates. And that's the beauty about it. We step away from corporate innovation being a game of luck towards, hey, it's actually measurable. I know exactly how many ideas we need to source in the beginning of the year in order to hit two, three, four project being implemented and scaled. And organizations, they wade into the, the shallow part of the pool to, to start this out, to try it out. We're not talking about having to be a big scale. I read about one one company who said, hey, we're looking for five volunteers, five volunteer employees to be part of this program to receive a red box. They're starting at maybe a $5,000 budget to try out this program. What was that inside the red box? What was that $1,000 credit card intended to be used for? I can give you Mark's answer. I don't care. You use it for whatever you think is right. So if you need to go and eat a pizza for your own motivation, do it. If you need to buy five pizzas for the focus group you just ran with your group, do it. So he also didn't control at all what did happen with this money. When we applied it to the company here in Switzerland, 
we realized very early on that this is a from compliant perspective a very gray zone so we needed to put another system in place but we didn't want to lose this mindset of you're the ceo of your idea so you decide eventually what to do with the money because eventually also best so that was a bit a tricky part how to step away from just giving uncont- pretty uncontrolled money out in terms of these prepaid credit cards towards and not losing this manifest of you are the driver's seat also financially. Because when, when you are innovating that very early stages of thinking about a concept and trying to find customers to talk to, prospective customers get their feedback, at some point you need to have things to start showing them, right? So you might need to get some prototypes built, some images done, maybe pay for a panel of people to talk to if you can't figure out where to go find people. There's little barriers to get in the way. So having some money, some resources to get that done is really helpful. You mentioned Switzerland. So I think the the company here is a syscom that you were with at the time. And you guys, from what I've read, took that $1,000 idea and made it even easier for people to implement in terms of basically providing a marketplace of resources. Can you tell us about that? Yes, exactly. Because when we started off, we realized for us as back then sitting in the innovation department at, at this Swiss company, we knew a lot of people. So for us, it was no problem to, with this thousand USD, to get the right people in, as you mentioned, get someone in who helps you develop an, an MVP or a prototype. But what we realized is the kickboxers, the people, the entrepreneurs with the ideas, they ne- not necessarily know so many people within the organization. They might know their team and the sister team, but that's it. So it's not only a problem or a challenge about the budget and the money. It's also a problem about accessibility. If you're a, a product manager somewhere, or if you're a blue collar employee, you might not know how to access somebody helping you with a prototype. So that was our motivational point where we said, okay, let's get rid of this prepaid credit card. Let's use a digital currency, a thousand coins you get. And these thousand coins, very playfully and gamified, so it fits again, you can spend for, hey, I need to talk to a designer, I need to talk to a lawyer, I need to get a prototyper who helps me building up the prototype. And that used to, or that is very successful because it's super easy deployed and they're still in a driver's seat to decide what to do with the budget, the thousand coins they were offered within this red box. It was a key point of friction to remove from the system. We can tell people to get out of the office and go talk to real customers, but along the way, we need some resources and that the marketplace just makes it easy. And also builds up more collaboration, right? Other people with Kickbox say, hey, I I did this, go find this person on the marketplace and they'll help you out with the next step. So that makes a lot of sense. Exactly. That's actually the, the second step or the second horizon we added was actually the internal view because reaching out to service providers, helping you with the prototype is great. But then the advantage of being an entrepreneur in contrast to an entrepreneur is you have a ship, a, whole, a huge ship with expertise. So reach out to the right people. But that's the same problem again. Top management knows all the people. Innovation department knows tons of people, but the blue core worker, probably not. So also that we made visible now in order to make it easy for them to connect internally as well as to service providers. We'll be back in just a minute. This podcast is sponsored by the RPM Experience, the Rapid Product Mastery Experience. In just nine weeks, meeting 75 minutes a week, product managers, teams, and leaders become product masters, creating more value for customers, their organization, and themselves. 
you will build a broad foundation of product management knowledge, get everyone on the same page, while also improving collaboration and renewing a focus on the customer, all resulting in higher performance. Participants feel empowered and more confident about their work. They learn how to create value for customers and revenue for their organization. One product leader who used the RPM experience across a global organization said it is the only training that provides an integrated product management perspective. It did exactly what I needed. Many organizations have benefited from the RPM experience, and you'll find them listed at productmasterynow.com RPM. Go to the same URL and schedule time to talk about how Chad and his team can help you and your organization. Can you take us through what a kickbox system looks like today? How companies tend to be using this through Ready's experience in helping companies. What does this look like today? So typically, it's still positioned with innovation, being at the chief digital office or innovation department. However, often or optimal is if we have strong support from the HR department. Because obviously HR is in a transformation themselves. They are stepping away from only paying people salaries towards people and development, employer, employer branding, etc. And Kickbox obviously is always in the intersection of we build new products. We really execute on cost savings, but with the people, they are being part of it. They learn something. So typically we are in the intersection there, often driven by innovation. And then the most important is basically the beginning where we really try to understand from a strategy point of view, what is innovation? What's the definition of innovation in this company? Because there are a few companies that say, we want to create spin-outs. We want to create moonshots, the next big thing. But then there's also quite a decent amount of companies that say, look, in a recession, we are just need to be better at executing cost savings. And obviously that is really influential on how you eventually communicate the program of Kickbox within the company. What stays is that it is in anyhow a very gamified, fun way to communicate within the company because it needs to be perceived as different. It shouldn't be perceived as it's another tool in coming from management. It's, it's fun. It's bringing back fun to work. And that's basically what we do then. We go into these companies and try to activate the, the staff, bringing in ideas and then supporting them through this red box, followed by two other phases, which didn't exist back at Adobe, blue box and gold box, from really raw idea to implemented idea ready to be scaled internally or potentially also as a spin-out. So if I get a red box today, what's the timeline I go through as an employee? What are the things I'm working on? What are, what are the questions I'm asking myself? Yeah, great question. So typically, the time frame is about two months, just because that was one realization we had. If we just distribute boxes, little of the people are coming back. So what we needed to do is set a very clear and transparent for the whole organization timer behind every box we give out. And basically, the communication with it is, look, after two months, either you come back and pitch why you want to move on into second phase, or you pitch what you have learned and why you don't want to move on into second phase, because these learnings is super important for a corporate to, to capture these learnings as well, make them transparent so that we are not making the same mistakes all over again. And then the moment you open up the box, basically it's also a bit uh, further now. So there's actually a video talking to you. So it's really engaging. It's super gamified. And the first things you do is, and that's still very similar to what Mark originally did is, why do you do this? What's your motivation to be an entrepreneur? 
Because I can tell you one thing, it's going to be hard. Uh, if you take an idea in a corporate from raw idea to implementation or even scale-up phase, that's hard. So we basically want to know why entrepreneurs are doing this before then really moving uh, into the idea, not the idea itself, but first really trying to understand and investigate what problem is this person solving with the idea. Is the problem big enough without using the terminology of being too complicated, but basically what we're aiming for in Redbox is a problem solution fit. And that's already very eye-opening for a lot of innovators when they need to go a step back and first look at the problem before really going into ideation phase or narrow down the idea they actually submitted. Okay. First part of that, some, some motivation for the person to understand what they're getting into and think about why they're doing this. And then focusing on that problem, which is where innovation really needs to fit. Do we have a real problem? Do we understand it? And who has that problem? Who, who is our customer with that problem, right? Exactly. And also, again, very simplified in terms of they need to describe the problem. They need to then do problem validation. So basically go out there because that's where the learnings are. For example, reach out to experts, right? We just had discussed it. They can reach out to experts with a few clicks. So do it and do the problem validation. And then eventually try to figure out how many people in this world or in my organization have this problem and how much would they pay to get it away? Of course, it's the method in our head is lean startup and human centered design thinking, but which is to try to simplify it in order to help the innovators to get step by step further towards the final pitch, which should be a backed, data backed problem solution pitch, which makes it much, much easier for the management to decide which ideas to focus on and to push into second phase. Let's talk a moment about that deciding part. When Mark officially rolled this out, his position was, I've said in the past, I've said yes to bad ideas that have come my way. I've said no to really good ideas that I should have said yes to. I am not good, with all his experience in startups and being very creative, I'm not good at judging what a good idea or bad idea is. Let's just let people run with whatever idea they want, and we'll use customer uh, customers to say if it's a good idea or not. So that, that was a key metric in the original line here was, did that person using a red box, were they able to find customers who said, this is a problem I have that I would solve and I, I would you know, pay for a solution or you know, whatever the exchange of value is there? And then I've read about some companies that have taken a different approach. Maybe they use a, here in the States, Shark Tank or elsewhere, a Dragon's Den sort of approach where there's some kind of panel that during that pitch, I, I, if I finish my red box during the pitch, they're trying to evaluate the ideas and hopefully taking in that customer perspective as well. How are, are things judged to go from a, you mentioned a red boxes where we start, and if we look like we have good problem solution fit out of that, then we have the opportunity to go to a blue box to carry this on in an innovation phase, and then ultimately a gold box. What are those decision gates like? Yeah, <clears throat> so before the red box, there shouldn't be much gate, right? Because mm -hmm. you described it absolutely correctly, we are not able to decide. Then after Redbox, I think the worst you can do, I start with the worst. The worst you can do is an audience voting or something. There's software out there where you have crowd voting on ideas. And I think that's a big risk to end up in a beauty contest where the person who gives up the most beer for free gets the most votes and the idea gets forward. So I think that's a horrible way to do it. Shark Tank format, I think they're, they can be valuable because of course they have a great impact on marketing, on community building, that kickbox gets known much to a wider audience. But 
they also bring the risk of getting into innovation theater. Because I've been in this situation where I was a judge in such a Shark Tank format, and it's very difficult to have the pressure from the audience in your back uh, that you should be at least pushing one idea further. That's what the audience expect if they go to such an event. And at the same time, you want to be appreciating the employees who went the extra mile. Uh, but at the same time, you're responsible to not be too generous. So Shark Tanks, in my opinion, they should be done. But know their place because it's for me it's a show then it's in it's innovation theater it's a show it's community building it's marketing great the question how to get from red to blue then for the rest for really the business impact focused ideas for me it's a decentralized one so what because often when they when employees validate an idea in the process of validation they can already pinpoint which possible sponsors in the corporate are even interesting for this idea? Because if it's an idea in around TV at Swisscom now back, there's only one TV department and there's no way that HR will sponsor this. So no need to pitch to them at an event format. And then it's really about the, the data, as you mentioned. So it's much easier to get into in front of a sponsor and bring them the data. Look, I have talked to experts. It's feasible. Look, I have done a smoke test and I can also prove a certain desirability. My biggest unknown is, or my biggest hypothesis is still here and here. So it's a very data-driven format where they can easier decide on, okay, that data convinces me so far. Your work convinces me. And I'm aligned with these hypotheses is the next steps, which we need to test because that's the riskiest at the moment. They're going to be your blue box. And then it's very decentralized, which makes it, again, cost-efficient because you don't need to run every month a Shark Tank format, right. Uh, right? You don't have to get all the senior managers together for a gate meeting, which is, is very difficult to schedule. and, and Huge off. opportunity cost. Okay. So customer poll is part of that, knowing who could be a realistic sponsor in the organization. And, of course, those resources are available to figure that out. Excellent. I think people have probably heard some benefits as we've talked along, but I'm just wondering if you have any examples that you wanted to share about benefits of organizations that they've seen after putting all this in place. The first benefit, which is actually very quickly captured, is that you will see after launch of such a QuickBooks program a huge motivational boost within uh, the staff. So we just went to to Klaas, which is a, a, a manufacturer in Germany, uh, and there was a, a person who said, I work for 25 years for this company, and I was waiting for such a thing 25 years long. Because it's the first time where I ta I'm taken seriously. I also need to prove now that my idea is good, but I'm taken seriously. I give, I'm given a chance to prove that this is valuable. And I learn a lot while doing yeah. so. So that's the first thing you will see. You will see a lot of talent popping up where you did not imagine there is talent. Right. Uh, which is already a huge value proposition, of course. On that point of motivation, I remember seeing a video of someone who went through, I, I don't know where it was in the lifetime of Adobe's kickbox program, but a woman sharing we're, we're told that works at Adobe. We're told Adobe is an innovative company. Now I see it, right? Now I've experienced it. It's, it's not just this abstract thing, a, a core value of the company that you don't really experience as an as individual employee per se, but now was able to. And that's a big value added, not only for being innovative, but also like how many companies have on their website forefront, we are living sustainability or we are driving for sustainability. So with Kickbox, you have the chance to make that really hands-on. You bring this topic in a condensed way to the employees and let them bring ideas to this topic. So you're really bringing a the topic 
front of mind to the people, but also you create actionable outcome to this topic. So that I think that's a really big value added as well. Exactly. Okay. Excellent. And then, the, of course, then with time, but I always say that it's a bit more time instead of the, this employee engagement you see very early on already. The effects on cost savings realized and new turnover that takes normally a while, saying like a year or so, because we start with raw ideas. And of course, till a raw idea is developed in a corporate environment into something which brings new turnover, that takes normally time. But with time, and it's all measurable. It's not that we create submarines which are doing something. We know exactly what's happening. So with time, we see these results kicking in like new revenue cost savings, which obviously then bring an RI calculation also up for the program and time investing into it. There's so many good benefits of the program when it comes to those new revenue streams for an organization. But as an innovator, it would just be fun for me to work in an organization that makes this possible. And I get to bump into other employees that are in the program and, and thinking of ideas and what their experiences have been like and just would love the collaboration opportunities to think about that. Tell us how Ready is part of this because we have open source Kickbox. Anyone can go to, I think it's kickbox.org to find out all about this, get all the fun resources, right? To build your own box, roll this program out. And then Swisscom really took this to another level. And then Ready kind of makes this practical and easier for organizations to adopt. Tell us how Ready fits into this. Ready basically developed out of Swisscom. So we were just a bunch of uh, people being employed by Swisscom, which is the largest telco and IT company of Switzerland. And we were actually given another task. We were given to bring external startups in, but we realized we first need to set a culture of innovation within this company. Otherwise, it's all going to fail when we just throw startups in. And that was 2015. We met Mark at the conference. We said, this is genius. Let's bring that into our company. And because it was open source, we could do And we realized this is great, but we need to develop it further to our needs. That's why we built the software to it, uh, which basically we, we already talked a little bit about it, but it makes basically everything visible, what's going on. You can reach out to experts internally. You can book service providers with a few clicks. And of course, it makes everything measurable so that you actually know what's happening, which is important or was very important to for top management there to see. And that was a huge success within Swisscom, within that corporate. We had very early on, like huge cases. We had lots, 150 ideas every year coming in so that we, at some point, we said, hey, you know what? Maybe we built something not only for Swisscom, but for other corporates as well, which could be a value added. So let's do a spin out. Let's leave ourselves what we preach. And we regarded ourselves in a gold box phase or in a blue box phase back then and said, let's formulate a spin out. And... We then spoon out of Swisscom eventually with, funny enough, an investor from the Silicon Valley again, a venture capitalist. And nowadays, we basically support companies to deploy Kickbox, providing, of course, the methodology, but also the software and, of course, a certain level of consulting to not make the same mistakes that we did, uh, we made. And with that, we have also created a community uh, of 45 customers, like big companies normally engaging with each other what works at your company what doesn't mutual campaigns they even uh, did uh, recently and that's also what we're striving for we want to build like this world of entrepreneurship i think it's super strong but for that we need to not reinvent the wheel all the time but start collaborating with each other and so 
Therefore, and then while doing that, we said, we still want to hold on to a certain level of open source because we believe every small company or every student, they should just be able to download the methodology and validate the ideas because that makes the world a better place. So we open sourced a certain part of our method of the progress methodology from Adobe, open sourced it again. And our commercial offering is basically targeted on companies who need something sustainable, something scalable. And then the software piece is obviously super important. Yeah, and I've noticed we had Kickbox open sourced, companies taking that, putting it in action, but not a lot coming back to really evolve that, right? What are the lessons of that? And I've noticed the Ready is taking a lot of those lessons and making the open source materials better for us, right? Evolving those and really appreciate that. And I think of the work, to me, you clarified that really well, that Swisscom, they d- took a lot of action to make this work for them at large scale, right? Putting a software platform in place and adding that marketplace and going, huh, there's value here. Can we spin that out to help other companies? But we also have a lot invested. How, how, do, how do we deal with that? So we uh, spun up Ready as a commercial company, which is the group to say, you can implement all this yourself, but if you want help to know you're doing it, we have tools to help you with that. And we have this community of companies putting it in place and had that collaboration. So excellent. Just appreciate all the great insights. I want to get back to uh, Switzerland just uh, briefly. I have no information about this, but uh, as I was thinking about our interview, it occurred to me, Switzerland is usually, I, I forget how many times it's been the number one most innovative country. Uh, Fast Company does a, a thing every year. Forbes does something like this too, on uh, the most innovative companies. And U.S. is up there, but Switzerland is, is surprisingly leading the pack. And I'm curious, because of... Swisscom and what they did, and I know that this has impacted lots of companies in Switzerland. Do you think, do you have any reason to believe or evidence that Kickbox is a part of that innovation climate or is it just correlated? For sure, there is, there, Kickbox impacts that as well. Uh, I'm pretty confident saying that without now being able to show you the right statistics behind. But of course, because what you do with Kickbox is you bring a certain mindset or you observe a lot in the entrepreneurial world into the corporate world. And there's a lot of, and corporates have always been very important for Switzerland, also because of tax reasons and because of great and famous universities being located in Switzerland. So talent was always there. So we always had a bunch of really important multinational companies here based in Switzerland. So bringing them into a mindset or helping the people working there to formulate, not only formulate their ideas, but also to execute on those ideas, because that's one of the biggest things which we are struggling with. The bigger the company gets, the more processes, the more slide decks, the more meetings. And to shake that up a little bit, and Kickbox is a wonderful way to do this, is super important to actually create results. And that's also what I talk daily to head of innovation, C-level and innovation managers and Mark He's with me on that. He, he, he th- dislikes the title innovation management because it is, it's hard to manage innovation. You need to give a lot of freedom in order that innovation is happening. But then in a corporate setting, you can't give just only freedom. So you need to hit this fine line between like complete freedom. You do whatever you want in order to create innovation and really rigorous processes. And that's this controlled freedom, which is given with a kickbox program. And that's why I think for innovation and mindset, it's a very crucial part. 
Very good. Yeah, which is curious. I wonder if there, there's the correlation is clear. I just wonder if there's uh, more to this here. Of course. Fantastic. As listeners know, we enjoy innovation quotes, and I asked you to bring one for us. Share that, please, and tell us what that means to you as well. Yes, of course. It didn't take me that long to find one, to be honest, because I know that all already. And it's actually from nobody else than Albert Einstein. <laughs> and the quote goes, I know quite certainly that my, I myself have no special talent. Curiosity, obsession, and dodged endurance combined with self-criticism have brought me to my ideas. And I, I love this because it shows that innovators are not crazy bunch of people who are much better, much more creative, much more like thinking out of the box than others, but innovators, independent if it's entrepreneurial or entrepreneurial, what they have is, is a huge endurance, curiosity, obsession combined with the self-criticism. They always want to strive for better. They always think, was a good workshop, was a good product delivery, but what could I do better? What, how, where could we add more value to our customers. And I love that because often when I go around in, in my friend circle and they ask, what are you working? And I was like, well, I'm still at ready. I'm still kickbox. Since 2016, I'm thinking and acting and, and, and writing about nothing else than kickbox. So you need a lot of endurance if you want to be successful with innovation, with ideas, because from idea to success, it's a long and hard way. And that's sometimes a bit I think underestimated that sometimes you get the feeling like you can be just a creative person and having ideas and this is what innovation looks like. And I think there's a huge part between having an idea and being successful and that's endurance, self-criticism and potentially even a certain obsession with it. And that's why I like this uh, quote from Einstein. Yeah, thank you for sharing that with us. And it reminds me too, as I teach graduate courses in innovation, people are always surprised that innovation is such a simple process, mm. right? And it's that simple process that you bring forward in Kickbox as well. It's not a mystery. You just, you, you do the work, right? Follow these steps, do the work, and you have innovation. So appreciate the quote. How can people find out more about using Kickbox that we've talked about so much and the services that Rady provides? Yeah. So there's the Kickbox Foundation. That's where the open source material is. So Check it out. It's kickbox.org. You can download the original Adobe material. You can auto download what we have developed to be further from it. And if you want to get in touch with ready, ready.com, double R is also, there's a lot of information about innovation per se, but also about kickbox, of course, about our offering or just hit me up on LinkedIn. That's always super easy and happy to have a chat about this topic. As you might feel, I'm quite passionate about this. And so always happy to talk with like-minded people about it. Fantastic. I will make sure those uh, links are in the show notes to make it easy for everyone to find uh, kickbox.org and ready with two R's. Uh, so I would say R ready, but ready with two R's. And just realize that your spell check, your autocorrection, as you type that in, will change that. So make sure it has two R's when you're looking for things. But those links will be in the show notes. Ralph, really appreciate you being with us, bringing uh, more insights into Kickbox and sharing it with the audience. Sure. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And listeners, so glad you are here with us uh, on this journey towards product mastery. If you want to find the detailed written notes of everything that we just discussed, including a one-page action guide to help you put into action some of the key takeaways, simply go to productmasterynow.com slash 457. Everyone, keep innovating. Thank you for listening to Product Mastery Now. 
where product leaders and managers gain product mastery through practical knowledge, influence, and confidence. By listening, you are becoming a product master, creating products customers love. Find additional resources at productmasterynow.com. Keep innovating.